Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Megan. And I'm Shannon, and you're listening to Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. On this cool autumn Friday, we'll be discussing the phenomenon that has taken over everyone's lives this year, quarantine. But before that happy topic, we'll be diving into this week in pop culture, including the Dune trailer, the boys in the band, and mysterious orange skies. And at the end of the show, we'll have a rapid-fire round of reviews for the things we watched this quarantine. I can't wait! All right, first, let's get into this week's pop culture update. What do you have for us, Shannon? We're going to settle back in big, you know? We, it's been a long quarantine. I would see things on Twitter news and be like, God, I wish I could share this news on Flick Chicks. And here we are for our thrilling pop culture update. So starting off with some wonderful news, the trailer for the much-anticipated Dune movie dropped on September 9th, and wow, did it shake me up. Um, <laughs> elephant in the room first, Timothy Chalamet, Flick Chicks fave. He just uh, looks he's so beautiful. God-like he in this trailer. He looks so good. You know what my roommate said uh, the other day? She's like... Or yesterday, I was like, oh, don't you think Timothy Chalamet's hot? And she's like, no, I think he's ugly. Oh. And I was like, who are you? I think you're, like, the only one that thinks that because everyone else in the world is obsessed. I, aesthetically alone, he's just so beautiful. Like, you can't deny. Yeah, it's just, it, there's just something about his face. It's so symmetrical. And the hair. Yeah, he's, he's godlike, and he definitely looked fantastic in this movie trailer. Overall, the cast is stunning. We have Zendaya. There was a little kiss moment between them. I was like... <gasps> Stop. I didn't even watch the trailer. Oh. I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't watch it It yet. was spicy. It was spicy. And then we have Jason Momoa, um, Oscar Isaac. He's like a big, like, head, like, in charge. Like, everyone's scared of him. It's a good vibe really? for Oscar Isaac. I do love that for him. And very impressive stuff. We have a few others, too. Uh, Dune is, like, based off a sci-fi novel, um, and it's been infamously hard to adapt before. Like, there have been versions in the past, and people have, like, kind of clowned on them, because they're not great from what I've heard. That's sad. But everyone who's seen this trailer so far, who's read the books, pretty much has been like, it looks like it's going to be okay, at the very least. Well, that's all we can hope for. That's all we can hope for. Am I going to have to watch a space movie for Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. And we know how I feel about space movies. Right. Not my favorite. If you recall from... Uh, hot dad sent into space. Like, right. you know, it's not my favorite thing, but um, I guess I'll watch it. I'll, I'll sacrifice it for Timothy and Zendaya. Yeah, there's there's a little there's sacrifices you have to make in life, and this is just one of them. I mean, there's a, like even a cool scene like with the action stuff, and it's like a sandstorm. Like I was like, oh, that. Looks All I know cool. about Dune is that. Um, it's it's space worms. Yeah. Really big Like that episode of Spongebob worms. with the worm. Yes! That energy. We used to yeah. ride these babies for miles. miles. Yeah, yeah, very much that energy. Um, I saw a review say that the trailer wouldn't make sense if you, like, haven't read the book or you don't know the plot, and I very much agree with that. I was just kind of sitting through the trailer like... But I bet people <laughs> that wa- that uh, read Dune were like, oh Hi. my god! Right, because it's almost like a little, like, inside, like insider scoop like if you read the yeah. book like, you know what's up do i need to read dune i know i feel like it's one of those things where you can only like i feel like it's super long I'm yeah look it up. i i feel like it's it's a thick like brick kind of book i i think it I've is heard. too why is it why is it that when i put in dune the movie comes up first it's not even out yet <laughs> well, chill it's timothy and zendaya how could you chill out how could you not What's the page number looking like? Oh, it's only 412. Oh, it That's must be like a small bad. book. People have compared it to like a brick before. Like it must be like the size yeah. is like compact. But um, there's a scene that stuck out to me. And Timothy Chalamet is like running into another man's arms. And it really sat right Ooh. with me. He's like very boyish. Like, oh, wow. like it was nice. And um, 
my favorite part about watching the trailer was definitely trying to understand the plot. Because <laughs> it really you didn't make that. sense. But, um, you know, some of the people who actually did read the book and it makes sense to them were saying the only their only critique is that they're afraid it's going to get a little too Hollywood, like, sci-fi action movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, lean more into that when that's not really the vibe. But I feel like this movie, like, with this cast and with this production value and this budget, like... It's like a similar situation to Little Women with like such a good cast, such a good budget. That's how really can it go true. wrong? Yeah, but I guess there are like things that. Could but I go guess wrong. it depends. You know, now I really do want to read the book right. so that I can like understand, get a good glimpse of it. Right. Maybe I should. I don't know, but that here's the thing about reading books before watching movies is that you're more likely to be disappointed if you read right. the book first. But then if you watch the movie, like, you could love the movie and think it's so good and, yeah. like, have no idea that it's actually bad. It's just, like, after. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like, after, <laughs> After yeah. 2 is actually coming out soon, folks. Keep an eye out for that. Oh, yeah. But as in terms of actual good movies, um, Dune is scheduled to come out December 18th, 2020, so be on the lookout. In some more controversial film news, the Oscars announced a change in their voting system. Did you see this? I did not see this. So, the Academy announced on Tuesday that some new representation and inclusion standards in order to be eligible for the Best Picture category would be, would be uh, like, put into place. So, to be eligible for the Best Picture consideration for the 96th, the 2024 Oscars, a film must meet two of the four standards, and these all have to do with, like, representation and inclusion. So, A is on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. Um, Standard B is creative leadership and project team. Standard C is industry access and opportunities. And standard D is audience development. And these all have to do with, like, including minorities, like, women and then, like, race. Yeah. So, Academy President David Rubin and the Academy CEO Don Hudson said in a joint statement, the... A aperture must widen to reflect our diverse global population in both the creation of motion pictures and in the audiences who connect with them. The Academy is committed to playing a vital role in helping make this a reality. And this news was kind of received with a very negative public reaction because people, they knew what they were going for with like inclusion, but it's also kind of like, it, it feels like this sounds better on paper than the actual uh, implication of it. Yeah, like, I feel like... So, I feel like it's not as much, well, this is so tough. Yeah. Because it's, like, obviously, like, a, a good thing. Like, we do want more inclusion in movies. But it's, mm-hmm. like, it's not just on the people who make the movies. It's on the people who give awards to movies. Right. So, it's, like, it's not just, it can't just be the Oscars being, like, oh, you need to make more inclusive movies. It's more, like, oh, as the Academy, we need to... Like, we need to acknowledge more movies that have diverse casts, you know? And, like, we need to nominate more women directors Mm -hmm. and we need to do this, that, and the other thing, you know? So it's, like, yeah, it does feel a little performative. And, like, I feel like this could change the kinds of movies we see. And that could be in a good way or a bad way. I feel like... Because it, it could so easily turn into people being like, oh, well, now I need some inclusion, but then they do it wrong. So right, it's like, right. turns into like, oh, well, I need diversity, so let me put in this token black character. Right. And then they'll have no depth. Nothing about their character will uh, reflect their, uh, their race. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be like, stupid. Right. And I think the interesting thing, though, I think the thing people are overlooking also in this is like... It's not just casting. It's, like, if you have, like, people of color or, like, women on your team of, like, PAs and, like, 
people the people behind making the movie uh-huh. and I feel like that is like important because if you don't fulfill these requirements it's kind of like what like if you don't have any women like even working like behind the scenes like if it was like an all straight white male like mm-hmm. situation like I feel like that doesn't really happen anymore so I don't know if this is going to make as huge of a change as everyone's saying it's going to yeah and my concern also is that like I don't I mean obviously we want more inclusion in like uh crews of movies right. but I'm wondering like how the academy has any control over that the academy's job is to acknowledge good movies not the like the the people working on the movies like i feel like that's such like a minimal thing like that's not really their job to be like oh you need to be more inclusive in your cast like obviously advocate for that but like I feel like it's kind of weird for them to be like, oh, we're not going to consider you unless you have a diverse crew. Right. And okay. it's also like, I feel like there's going to be the thing that, that'll happen where people, like if Parasite had won a year that this happened, they'd be like, oh, it only won because the inclusion, yeah. like it won't feel as like, people say they had like training wheels or like Exactly. Hell. That's why I think like, it shouldn't be like these rules. It should right. just be like. A good movie's a good I movie. just think the Academy should be like should acknowledge more movies like Parasite like I don't understand why we have to like because then that's what makes it like quote-unquote training wheels is when you put a rule on it right if you just make it like an unspoken like you know oh we're gonna start like acknowledging more movies like that oh that's so true and it's gonna make things so much more complicated yeah I feel like people are gonna really start turning on the Oscars especially because like I feel like film culture like the film bro stereotype are not gonna like this no they're not gonna like it at all because they're gonna see it as like cheating right they're gonna be like so tarantino because i I saw this tweet and it was like so if the godfather was made today it couldn't have been nominated for an oscar yeah and that that is like well that's my other thing too Mm -hmm. that i was thinking was like what if like a movie is set in what if it's like purposely supposed to be all white people that's what people were saying you know what i mean they were saying like what if we can't do period pieces anymore because yeah like what if it's set in like i don't know it's like a super white place like like sweden or something i don't know if that's correct don't hate on me (laughs) it feels it feels right though but like and then that that could also go vice versa though you know like right if you're gonna like Roma, if you're gonna have a movie that's set in like Mexico, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be white people, right? You know, right, exactly. There shouldn't be like because it's not historically like exactly. Like you know. I feel like it needs to be like that's the whole point of a movie. Like I feel like they're kind of tearing down like yeah. the artistic side of a movie. Yeah, it's not about checking boxes as right. Todd Wemmer would say. Right, it's about you know be, making it like creative and making it good. Right, and I also feel like. This is, at least this is only for Best Picture, and I think, I really do think they had, like, good intentions, but I wish they would have leaned more into, like, the side of, like, production. Just saying, like, when you're just in terms of, like, cast and, like, direction, because we don't want, what we want to stay away from is white people or any person of any, like, race really directing a movie, like, that's not about a person. It'd be like if, like, Oh, that is such a good point, like, having, yeah, like, that would be kind of weird to have right. a white person making a movie about, about like Selma or like something yeah exactly like, yeah. like that's not really like their cause right. that brings into play the whole idea of like creating like writing what you know right. like that whole right. thing like yeah and that's like a big thing in literature too like mm-hmm. you know is it okay for you to write about something that you haven't experienced and I right. think sometimes you know, if you do the research, it works. But other times, especially with race, yeah. it does not work. You do not understand. And right. it's going to be, like, 
just this weird divide between you and right. your cast. Because how, like, what if Greta Gerwig hadn't written Lady Bird? Like, what if a man wrote that? Like, it wouldn't make it any wouldn't make sense. any sense. Yeah, like that's like Greta's whole shtick is like right. making movies like for women about women. Right. So now are we gonna have men like, well, to be nominated for an Oscar, I have to write this thing about like a woman and exactly like, and straight white men should write movies about straight white men right and that, and you know what that's what i have to say right i feel like we we really should like kind of pull pull back yeah pull back. it's not about like what you make it's about who's making it right i think is more of the issue yeah and that's it's on the academy definitely to like seek out those different kinds of movies and like you know put those on for up for awards as well but it's also yeah. not like their job to say who can start, like, making the movie in the first place, like, what the situation should be. Yeah. So. That's a messy situation. Yeah, the reality's gonna be messy, but uh, moving on from that whole whole shebang. Oh, my God. We've got some more movie news. Speaking of inclusivity and things like that in movies, um, the trailer for the movie adaptation of the play Boys in the Band was released on the 2nd. So the play was originally performed in 1968 off-Broadway, but the movie will be featuring the 2018 Broadway revival cast, which is an insanely star-studded cast, all openly gay men, because it's being directed by Ryan Murphy, who said, no homophobia here. (laughs) So we have Andrew Reynolds, Jim Parsons, uh, Zachary Quinto, Matt Bomer, and Tuck Watkins to start, and that's just only a few of them, so. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this movie. I'm ready. I don't know much about, like, the plot or anything, but, like, nothing gets me more than, like, a group of talented gay men, like, having a movie. Like, it's just gonna be so good, and, like, is it set like what? What's the time period of the film? Is so it, I think it's it's in the nineteen sixties, right? and the plot is a group of gay friends reunite to celebrate one of their birthdays, and the host's um, potentially closeted college roommate shows up uninvited, and the evening is like thrown into turmoil. See, it's like, and you can tell that it was originally a play because yeah. that is such a like crisp log line, and like yeah. movies aren't always like that. So like, I feel like it's gonna be such a like good straightforward thing that mm-hmm. like. Oh, I feel like it's gonna blossom so nicely. It's gonna. It, I I was watching the trailer and there's this moment in the trailer where it's like, um, Jim. I think it's Jim Parsons or one of them is like, we're gonna play a game and you're gonna like you get a point for every single time you call a person and tell them you love them. Like <gasps> that's spicy. Isn't it spicy? Right. It sounds really good. <laughs> My second confession of the show. I also didn't watch this trailer. <laughs> Um, you know, and we'll get into this when we talk about quarantine. Right. I am so out of the content loop right now. I didn't watch this. But you know what? After this, after we do this show right now, I'm going to go. I'm going to watch gonna it. I'm going to go binge the trailers. Oh, I'm so excited. So this is coming out September 30th on Netflix. That's right. Looking very funky, fresh, very spicy. So on for movie news. Here, This is a shorter story because it doesn't really have as much to do with pop culture, but I just thought it was fascinating. Um, Bay Area, California residents had quite a fright this morning when they woke up, or I should say the morning of Wednesday, when they woke up to apocalyptic-looking orange and red skies blanketing the area due to tiny smoke and ash particles from nearby wildfires. If you've seen the pictures of these, it was crazy. I know. It's, like, it's really tragic. I, I, so this is all due to the wildfires in California. And, like, something that blows my mind, like, we live in New England, and so we don't really get wildfires. I mean, like, in New Hampshire and Vermont, Maine, you can get a wildfire. Mm -hmm. But, like... In California, they have, like, natural wildfires. Like, the um, they have the Santa Ana winds that come yeah. in, and then these certain shrubs that catch on fire, and that's, like, natural. Well, and this it, one was started by a gender reveal. Well, yeah, so that's the thing, right? So, like, sometimes, like, 
wildfires are natural in California pretty much. Right. But then when things like this happen, uh, where it just gets out of hand, like it's just so sad to see because it's it it's is. burning down so many trees that we need right and so many people said they woke up and literally thought they were like on mars or like they were that is so scary it must have been it must have been like waking up in a movie yeah which is crazy and this isn't even like the first time the wildfires have been bad this year yeah they were bad before that weren't they yeah they were pretty bad earlier especially the australia had a big wildfire problem (gasps) oh yeah oh this is so sad so 2020 really is turning into an apocalypse movie but (laughs) speaking of the apocalypse Apocalypse, it's time to discuss one of the horsemen of the apocalypse, Ellen De- DeGeneres. So, if Ugh. you haven't been following the Ellen scandal over the summer, there have been some allegations of racism, sexual harassment, and workplace toxicity overall, um, leveled by unnamed former staffers at Ellen. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you Well, listen, I mean, it's still Ellen's fault, but it wasn't Ellen doing the sexual harassment. Yeah, it was her staff members, but okay. there have been allegations of her being, like, a bad boss, I've read. Well, you know, it starts from the top and, and works its, way, its down. way down. So, if you listen to Flick Chick Season 2, we actually covered the story of Dakota Johnson and Ellen having an awkward moment on the show, if you'll remember that because Dakota invited her to her birthday party and Ella didn't come it was a whole situation but I feel like that really started the role because recently Ellen came out and said I can't wait to get back to work and back to our studio and yes we're gonna talk about it I can't wait and you know what the best thing the best part of this is is that I don't have to watch Ellen that day because you know it's gonna be on Twitter it's gonna be all over the news so she announced on Tuesday that the Ellen DeGeneres show will return for season 18 with Tiffany Haddish on September 21st, which I think is interesting. Imagine, imagine being Tiffany Haddish right. and, like, just being like, you know what, I'm going to go on the Ellen show. Right. I don't care. Like, I wonder if celebrities' agents are going to be like, oh, no, don't go on Ellen now. I know. Like, Bad for biz. I wouldn't go. Yeah, especially while things are, like, simmering down now. I feel like it would be kind of a roll in the dice, but... Uh, in a weird twist, <laughs> Steve Harvey commented on the issue, and he said, Ellen has got a lot of money. If I were Ellen, I'd just walk away. She got enough. Wouldn't sh- I wouldn't let them drag me down like that. Great to know it's not about creativity or love right. of the art. It's all about the money. Right. Thanks, Thank Steve. you, Steve Harvey. Thanks, Steve. Not that he's very creative anyway, host right. of Family, Family Feud. Feud. Shut up! <laughs> I hate TV personalities. Yeah, they, I hate that they're all, like, anything. congregating, like, go Ellen. Like, like, you're not adding anything to the creative sphere. You're, you're not. You're just, you know, here with your mustache. Yeah. I hate Family Feud. Well, he does his ta- own talk show now. Yeah, I hate Steve Harvey. Yeah. I don't care. I, I His energy, I do, I am a little guilty pleasure Family Feud watcher sometimes. No, I hate Family Feud. Oh, my God. We should have a whole episode about that. I, oh, about game shows? That would be interesting. I cannot be bothered. There's a spider on the wall. Just wanted to Ooh. let you all know. So we really are living anyway. the apocalypse, huh? All right. In our final news, we're ending on some good news. Singer Lily Allen, you may know her from her song Smile that's blown up on TikTok recently, but it's been out oh, for a yeah. while. Um, in Stranger Things, Dave, David Harbour, they got married in Las Vegas last weekend. Aww. I find it an interesting couple. Didn't know they were dating, but love that for them. I'm looking that up. Yeah, it was a nice, like, Elvis wedding. They were Ugh. they got married by Elvis. Is there such thing as a nice Elvis wedding? <laughs> it felt very, very in style for them. They looked Aww, to be having a really good Aw, they're so time. cute. They're a cute couple. I didn't know they're they were They're very together. cute. I didn't, how old is she? Um, they're, like, a 10-year gap. I think she's, like, in her 30s, and he's in his, like, 40s, or maybe she's in her 40s, he's in his 50s, or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're cute. They Aww, are. They have fun. They're a sweet All right. couple. So, <laughs> that was our pop culture update for the week. All right. 
you know, it was an exciting week. Now let's get into to some sad news. Oh. <laughs> let's talk about quarantine. Oh, let's talk about you quarantine. You know, we can't get back into Flick Chick Season 3 without talking about quarantine. You know, if you're a hardcore fan, which I know so many of you are, um, it was an abrupt end. It you was. know, we did not see this coming. We kind of did, but like... You know, I I don't remember the last episode that we ended up doing. It was cancel culture. Which cancel is kind culture. Of funny. Oh, that's so ironic. So it's like, you know, we we ended it. We were like, you know, maybe we'll just be out for a couple weeks and we'll figure it out. And then we yeah. were out for six months. Yeah. And you know, and we didn't really give you guys an update. Sorry bye about bye, that flick one. chicks. But you know what? You you can understand because right. it's hard. It's very difficult to be in quarantine. Everyone knows this. And, you know, but we're not just going to talk about quarantine in general because, you know, you've probably read a bajillion articles, watched plenty of videos. Everyone knows that quarantine is difficult. But we're going to put it in the context of content because Mm -hmm. that's what this show is all about. Watching movies, watching TV, reading books, etc. So I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Shannon. I found it very difficult to watch things during quarantine. I find that very relatable. Like, I think... No, not even in the beginning. There was, like, maybe, like, one week of time. Maybe, like, more like three days mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, yeah, let's watch some movies. Right. Other than that, I was like, I cannot be bothered. Like, I have so much going on in my brain. I can't Especially do it. in the beginning, because I feel like, there, it, like Megan said, it got very, like, mainstreamed. Like, all these lists came out, like, 30 movies to watch during quarantine. And I was like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, no. exactly. Like, I, you know, call me a hipster. Yeah. But I like, I like being that person that, like, will watch a movie for a good time. You know, there's plenty right. of people in everyone's life that's like, I don't like movies. Right. And you're like, are you real? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and so I really like to be the one that's like, okay, I'm going to watch a movie in my free time, but suddenly that's all anyone's doing because it's all free time. Right. And so it's like, suddenly it wasn't fun anymore. It was like, because my days were so empty that I had to fill them up with things. So then suddenly it was a chore. It was something on the to-do list. And I was like, okay, this like is not what I want. And you know, obviously there's, you know, mental stuff happening, Mm -hmm. mental health and decreases in quarantine that makes you not want to watch movies so I definitely had this like weird drought of like having no interest in watching anything yeah I feel like it's kind of like I also I feel like TikTok and apps like that are ruining my attention span because I like sitting down to watch like a three-hour movie I was like Oh, this is a lot. Yeah, and it was like, I, you know, sometimes I have patience for um, movies that aren't great, that are like maybe a three out of five, and I'm like, okay, like, it was good, but not the best. Mm -hmm. But like, in quarantine, it was like, I only needed the best of the best. Like, I could only watch movies that were going to like, really hold my attention, and like, we're going to be really good. Right. I feel like, so I feel like quarantine, like, it's almost that pressure to, like, I have to watch good movies. I have to, like, do all this. But there are only so many movies out that you can, like, Exactly. Watch, and you know? I was just, like, I would go through Netflix and be, like, yeah. none of these are interesting me. Right. I'd be, like, I, I guess I'm just going to watch another Katherine Heigl. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally, we're just going to watch, uh, what was that movie called that we watched? It, I think Life As We Know Life It. Life As We Know It. That was, yeah. like, not a great movie, but it was kind of fun. It really wasn't. And But, like, I feel like... You remember Tiger King quarantine? Oh, yeah, that was, like, right in the beginning, Tiger yeah. King came out. That's I feel like that started things off on the wrong foot for me. Not the wrong foot, but a different foot for me, because I went through quarantine with a very TV mindset. 
Oh, yeah. Because TV is like that comfort level I needed where it's consistent. I have multiple seasons, multiple episodes. I can go yeah. back. It's going to be there for me. Like, movies are kind of one and done. Yeah. No commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But TV is like, I'm. it's going to be here for me. Like, I, it's the stability I need. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I started a lot of things and then never finished them. Right. Like, I just did not have time for content. I was like... I don't even know what I was doing. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Like, yeah. looking back on the month of March or April, it's like, like what, did I, what did I do with my life? Yeah. Like, what was going on? You know, you could only go to Target and, like, and you like, know, can't see your family. Right. It, was a, it really was a different time. Like, it flew by. Like, no one's business. Well, looking back, it flew by. Yeah. But being, but being in those in months, I was like, oh, right. my God. And I feel like a lot of a trend during uh, the pandemic that had to do with movies was a lot of people were going back and watching like Ugh. Contagion. Yeah, watching and, like, pandemic Outbreak. movies, and I was like, that is not going to make me feel better. Right. I don't like, know why that's going to make me feel worse. Went to that. Like, I don't want to watch Gwyneth Paltrow like seizing on a table. Yeah. Like, not to now. mention, I like I really dislike natural disaster movies. Right. I don't think they're interesting. It's like a form of action movie that I just don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like. Well, where is this going to go? You know, like, I I know it's going to happen. Oh, there's an illness. Oh, everyone gets sick. Oh, everyone's going to die. These special white people have to find their way, like, to not die. You know, it's like, really, like, nothing interesting is going to happen. And, like, I think disease movies are even worse in that section of movies. It's so predictable. Yeah, and it's like, it's just, it's not something I'd want to watch whether we were in a pandemic or not. Right. So why would I watch it Even with the pandemic, like, it's just so crazy to me the fact that so many people are like, yes, this is what I want to watch while it's happening in real life. Like, yeah, what? Like, I understand, like, oh. the whole idea of, you know, like, watching scary movies in a scary time because right. it's, like, kind of an escape and it's like, oh, there's other scary stuff mm-hmm. in the world, nothing, like, I'm fine. But, like, to watch, uh, to watch a pandemic movie in a pandemic, I'm like... I it's just too it's too on the nose. It's yeah, I don't, it's, I don't it's want a too cliche for yeah, me. Yeah, I don't want it. So, um what what do we think moving from one conversation to another? What do you think about the possible extinction of movie theaters because of uh, the pandemic? See, and like so I yeah, I heard about this like pretty early on and um in quarantine, and it made sense. I was like, yeah, I get it. Because movie theaters were going extinct anyway. Right. Before the pandemic. Yeah. They're actually not, like, really extinct yet. They, they right. came back. Yeah, because AMC, um, for a while, they were saying, like, we're not going to be able to recover from COVID. But then recently, they came back with their, like, 15-cent ticket weekend. Yeah, yeah. And they did come back. And I feel like it's not the end of the world for them. Like, I, I don't think it's the end of the line. Yeah. You know, I think that they need to just start... They need to have a different plan, a different way of doing things, maybe not doing only new movies. Maybe try getting the rights for older movies. Like, mm. I know the AMC near us, where we live, um, was showing, you know, because movies still aren't really coming out right, right. now, uh, were showing older movies. So they had, like, Grease on there. They had Black Panther on there. And I was like, that's really good. Right, because, I like that idea. You know, it's if cool. someone, like, missed the opportunity to go to a theater for a movie... And then they watch it on Netflix or something, and they're like, oh, I would love to see this in theaters. Right. Then you can go back and do that. And I'm not 100% sure how, like, the movie theater, like, process works, but I feel like if you were to come, like, if you were to go to a movie and they weren't paying for the rights to have it out right as it came out, it'd be a lot cheaper for movie theaters, and they could probably make more profit. Yeah, that is really true. Because tickets like, will probably be cheaper as well. Yeah, and, like... 
Yeah, that's that's the other problem is yeah. that like movie theaters need money, yeah. but people don't want to pay twelve dollars exactly to go to a movie, and then you have to buy popcorn, and that's another like five dollars and a drink. And do the whole yeah, do the whole experience. Yeah, and it's like yeah, so I I think it's really up in the air. I think in the beginning of quarantine it was like oh yeah, movie theaters are over, but mm. now it's kind of like you know maybe it'll. It'll happen. Yeah, maybe... Maybe they'll find their way through. Maybe they'll find their footing. I I feel like our generation, though, is very much like, oh, I don't want to go to the movie. Like, I have so many friends who are like, I hate the movies. Like, I hate going to the theater. Because we have, like, streaming platforms now, like Hulu, Netflix, It's just not as fun. Like, the theater has such a vibe to it. The theater has, like, you don't go to the theater to, like, watch a movie. You go to the theater for the movie theater experience. Yeah, it's not just to watch the movie. It's to to smell the popcorn. Right, and to to be with similar-minded people. Yeah, and I I know some people don't like, like, the audience experience, but I I think it's so fun. I love love, like, a whole audience laughing, and I love, like, uh, a rowdy audience. Oh, that, like, like, comments? Yeah. yeah, people that, like, make comments. Like, I think that's so funny. It's such the vibe. And there are so many good movies, like you said, that I would die to see in a theater again. Like, Into the Spider-Verse. I <gasps> oh would my love God. to go see that Yeah, that'd be again. so good. Or, like, Little Women. Yeah, so... Yeah. But with the fall of um, traditional movie theaters, drive-ins are kind of having a Yeah, and I love that. I love a drive-in. Yeah. My only issue, though, is that it's just such a commitment. Like, right. I am not about a double feature. Oh, it's a double feature? Some some places are a double feature. And, I mean, obviously, you don't have to stay. Right, you don't have to stay like, the whole thing. You know, there's definitely some clear cons to drive-ins. Double feature, that's four hours of yeah, movie, yeah. depending on what you're seeing. And, like... You can only go once it gets dark, and so it's like, you know, and then if they're far away, because there's not a ton of drive-ins, right, you then you have to drive really far. Like, I was going to go to the drive-ins uh, with a friend, and we were going to see, it was like the first and second Harry Potter. Those movies are edging on three hours. Yeah. So, we would, like, have to leave at, like, six, get there watch the first movie and by the end of the first movie it would be 11 and then it was an hour drive home so then we'd only get to see the first movie and then it'd be midnight getting home and I was like I just can't do that it's it's a big commitment it's definitely not as convenient as movie theaters but I do like the aesthetic and I feel like our generation are definitely aesthetic gobblers so (laughs) yeah that's very true I agree with that yeah um so, do you want to discuss some movies we were looking forward to, but then got canceled because of COVID? Yeah, let's... Oh, my God. Yeah, this is tragic. Yeah, you this know? is... Well, this is a short list we have here, but this alone is just so It's sad. a tragedy. It's a tragedy. So, first there was Antebellum, which was going to be the new Jordan Peele horror movie that took uh, place in the slavery That era. one, I don't remember much, but I remember seeing the trailer, trailer in theaters. I saw maybe, like, the first, like, 30 seconds immediately covered my eyes, covered my ears. I was like, nope, I do oh, not yeah. want to see this. Oh, yeah. Jo- I feel like Jordan Peele is just, like, he, he really, like, he really knows how to do a movie, right? So we There's were just really... such an eerie vibe. It's so scary. We were robbed at that one. So it was supposed to come out April 24th, 2020, and then it was supposed to come out August 20th, 2020, and now it's supposed to come out September 18th. Okay, so that's, like, next week. Right. That's next Friday. Is it coming out in theaters? I don't know. Or streaming? I don't know. I don't know what his plan is. Ooh, oh my god. That's gonna be so scary. If I saw that in theaters, I would lose my mind. It kind of worked for him timing-wise, though, because it is almost spooky season, so... Yeah, you know what? It did work. That's interesting that they were gonna put it out in April. In April. But I guess Antebellum, if we're talking Civil War, then that would make sense historically to bring it out in April. That feels right. And then um, there was A Quiet Place 2, 
which was supposed to come out March uh, 8th, 2020, then September 6th, 2020, and now it's not coming out until April 23rd, 2021. Wow, that's so, they did so a huge far. Jump. Yeah. Why did they wait that long? I feel like it's A Quiet Place 2 is very much a movie, like, you want to see in theaters. Cause a Quiet Place, like, if I w- didn't see it in theaters, yeah. I would have been like... Okay. Yeah, like, that's why I didn't really like it that much. I mean, right. to be fair, I wasn't really paying attention when I watched it, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I guess that makes sense that you'd, like, want to see it in theaters. Yeah, the experience in theaters is, like, feral. And I think also if it came out now, like, with the rush of movies that you can see in the theaters, it would get swept under the rug because it really it's a would. sequel. Yeah, it's that like, exactly. Whatever. Like, no one's going to go out of their way to pay, like, $19 to, like, see a quiet place like you know how overpriced like yeah. home movie things that are coming out now are um and then in the heights this was the the tragedy. saddest one for me this to not be able to, to see heart. in the heights it was supposed to come out in june and now it's coming out next june 2021 it's so painful i am so upset that they did it a year forward <sighs> lin-manuel miranda if you're listening to this why? Why? Why did you have to do me like this? He really said, "I'm gonna give you Hamilton, but we're gonna pull." We're but gonna we're pull gonna in pull heights. in the heights, and like, Snakey. and you know that everyone wants to see in the heights now after oh, yeah. watching Hamilton and oh, seeing yeah. Anthony Ramos oh. in Hamilton. You're like, okay, where's in the heights? Right, and the in the heights, he like spicy and in the heights. Yeah, if you thought if you thought Philip Hamilton was spicy, oh. wait for Usnavi. You got another. It's thing over. Coming. It's over. Uh, now the theaters. I feel like before Hamilton, the theaters would have kind of been like. Casual. Now people are going to be like swarming. To yes, see it, I feel like absolutely. So that should be interesting. Lastly, we have Shazam two. <laughs> don't get me started. Shazam, like I don't talk about it that much, right. but it has such a special place in my heart. Shazam lives rent free in my mind all the time, always. I love that movie so much. You know, I don't know much about the sequel. All I know is I'm going to see it. Obviously, uh, as everyone should. Wait, so, okay, this is kind of dumb that they moved it, though. Right. I guess for production yeah, yeah. reasons. They so, it was supposed to come out April 1st, 2022, right. which is in two years. Um, and now it's coming out November 4th, 2022. Yeah, they're really they're really being precautious. Are they going to put uh, Jack Dylan Grazer in it? In he's going to be again? older by then. Because he is, like, he's a, a teen now. He is. He's fully, like, on TikTok, he's living his he's best life. He's a teen. Life. So. Um, so... How have our content preferences changed since? Like, yeah, here's here's a small, small reflection. reflection as we go into our sophomore year of right. college. How have we changed since the beginning? Right. You know, I think that the content grind has definitely lessened it has. over time for me. I'm a little less intense um, about it now too. Like I, I still have the same love for movies that I always had, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, with college, there's so much stuff going on. Right. And um. But, yeah, I think I, I'm, like, more open to movies now, and, like, I feel like I've watched a lot more. I have, mm-hmm. like, a, a a bigger repertoire right. of, of films, and I'm always trying to learn more, you know? Right. I feel like in the beginning uh, of freshman year, I watched movies to, like, watch movies, but now I kind of, like, I watch movies for enjoyment. Like, I don't... I don't try to, like, I feel like a big thing with, like, cinephiles is they almost, like, push themselves to, like, yeah. like be obsessed. And it's yeah, like, like the, and there's just to. movies that I don't want to watch. Right. I don't want to watch 2001 okay. A Space Odyssey. Right, and maybe even though a movie has, like, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, that doesn't mean I'm going to like it. Yeah, like, The Godfather's just too long. Like, maybe right. I'll get back to it. It's but just I not, just, it's not the cinema I like yeah, to see. I'm not ready for it yet. I'm not ready. And maybe, I'm, I'm willing okay. to wait. 
That's I'm okay. willing to wait for it. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think Flick Chicks, it has definitely reflected that. I'm sure if you go and listen back to our first Yeah, episode, we've definitely grown. And I think even though this year is going to be a little different, I right. mean, we're not in our studio that we're always in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're still going to try to make it work and we're going to try to play games and do interesting yeah. things. And we want to connect more with our whatever fan base we have, <laughs> which, you know. Shout out our mom. Shout out Julie. Thanks, mom, for listening. <laughs> So, uh, you guys should definitely be sure to follow the IG. Um, yeah, follow our Instagram at EC Flick Chicks. Yeah. We're going to try to post more. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we more can do. More for you guys, maybe. Um, and also, like, this is a good time to rep EC Radio because it's September. We're starting school again. Right. If you happen to be a freshman listening to this, which I don't know if you would be, but... Um, if you're a freshman or even a sophomore, junior, senior, and you ha- want to make a radio show, join EC Radio. Do We're it. having a meeting uh, the second week of September, September 17th. Come to the meeting. Talk to us. and Not me and Shannon yeah. specifically, but, you know. Talk to the group, and yeah, the you gang. can get a, a show going. We can, we can collaborate. Yeah, maybe you can be a guest. Tell us what kind of movies you like. Yeah. So so, yeah. so that's pretty much our topic this week, but um for our we're going to do our rapid fire review. Yes. Um so you know, although we didn't watch a ton of stuff mm-hmm. this quarantine as much as I would have liked, we definitely watched some good stuff and yeah, there was things the standouts. that Yeah, there were things that, you know, I watched that Shannon didn't watch or vice versa and then stuff we both watched. Yeah. Um so let's let's talk about the stuff we both watched. Okay. So number one, which this is oh. this is probably the best thing I watched all yeah, quarantine, <laughs> and I recommend this so highly to anyone. It doesn't get enough hype. It, it does not. So this is called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. It is on Netflix, and it it's not a movie. It is a comedy improv show. There's it's so good. Three episodes, each like an hour long, and it's um. Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch, and they just do improv. And it sounds kind of weird, but I swear to God, it is the funniest thing I've <laughs> ever seen. And I quote it probably every day. It's probably one of my favorite comedy specials, like, on Netflix. It is so it's good. So it is good. on par with John Mulaney, it which is, is so basic, but John Mulaney is so true. good. It is so funny. It's I like, And when you tell people about it, people are like, Oh, like an improv, but it's it's no, good. It's, it's like good. just like imagine like imagine yourself doing improv, and you're like, oh, I can never think of anything. They are so on the spot, and, and they, they create they create these narratives that I'm like, how did we get here? I know. By the end, you're like, what? Right. It's just so funny, and like I swear, I quote things all the time. Like yesterday, in my all in my head was uh, a quote from the first episode of him being like, "I'm loose, I'm loose," <laughs> and it's just like it, it just blows my mind. It's stuck in my head it's always. So good. It's time to rewatch, and I've already watched it, it like is. three times. It is. Um, following that, we have uh, "Never Have I Ever," which was actually pretty popular on Netflix. This was a TV series. That I think was created by Mindy Kaling. Yeah, it was. From The, the Mindy Office. Project. Yeah, and The Mindy Project. So, Never Have I Ever, um, if you don't know, is about this young uh, teenage girl who's Indian and she is like determined to lose her virginity this year. And she's yes. maybe like a sophomore in high school. Yeah. So, that's pretty funny. Um, and so, it's kind of her quirky life and how she deals 
with romance and friendship and her culture. And it's just so sweet and heartwarming. I mean, it has those like cliche, cringy parts that come with teenage girl shows. Right. But it, it's so real because but it, of that. It is so yeah. real. And I love the culture of it. And I think it's so important. And like, it really is so authentic. Right. It, it's just, oh, it's, it's so it's funny. It's and I, I love, there's, like, a, a spicy little love triangle, nothing like it. And the humor is so on point. Like, it's it's t- so not, like, adults trying to force, like, our generation to really, yeah. like, it's really accurate. No, it's really accurate, and it's just, it's just so cute, and I, I, I think I sobbed at the end. Right. I cried really As hard at the should. end, so... Yeah, that's, that's never have I ever. Yeah. You guys should watch that. I think it's like eight episodes. Yeah. 20 minute episodes. Yeah. That's what it's I've learned to watch. love over quarantine is a 20 minute episode. Just a quick get her done. Yeah. All right. Next, we finally have a movie. Yes. Thank you, Flick Chicks. Yeah. Um, the Florida Project. So Banger. I watched this first. When did you, did you watch this before quarantine? No, I watched this in quarantine oh. in, like, April or May. Okay. So, The Florida Project came out, like, a few years ago, and it was, like, it had a lot of hype because it was supposedly filmed all on an iPhone, which is just simply not true. Right. The last sequence was filmed on an iPhone, and honestly, in my opinion, I didn't think that... It um, was necessary. I didn't think it was necessary. It wasn't that good. I think you right. could have d- used a normal camera the whole time. Right. Because um, it looked... The parts with the normal camera were so well filmed. They like, were so beautiful. And that's the thing about this movie... When I close my eyes and I picture the Florida Project, all I see is the colors. Oh, yeah. The colors were so vivid and so beautiful. And the story itself was like, it it was almost disgusting at first. I was watching it and I felt so disgusted because it's like these children that, you know, in Florida and they're just like these rambunctious, like just doing the worst things possible and they're swearing and they're like five or six years old saying the f word like seeing these awful things it's a culture shock yeah and you know you watch and you're like this is awful like I don't think if I I can finish this but I I pushed through and by the end I was like that was amazing right that was was, so good I saw someone say uh the Florida Project is the little sister to American Honey yes yes American Honey oh my god I watched that a a long time ago I just watched that over quarantine oh very good it was so good it's the same kind of feeling of like this like American it's like the American dream but like gone sour right it's like all these things you think are about America's about but it's actually like it's really this it's poverty and it's you know uh, lack of education Mm. and it's all this stuff and it's like terrible to watch but it's how it is and, and it's what you really don't get to see like on the northeast coast or like on the west coast like you really yeah don't get it's a not taste. really like that yeah. up here it's more yeah like in those rural areas right so it's super interesting to see yeah so actually we're gonna so let's go to portrait of a lady on fire we'll do the musicals yeah last yeah so portrait of a lady on fire i watched near the end of quarantine um mwah, chef's kiss yeah it was, it was, it's just, like, it's, it's one of those movies that, like, you can't even describe how good it is. Like, you just need to watch it to, Yeah, like, like and, you know, you don't want to tell anyone anything about it. Right. Just watch it. Right. It's just, it's, ugh. you, I feel like you take away, like, your own thing from watching I it. I agree. It's definitely, like, an up-to-interpretation kind of movie. Yeah, definitely. Especially but the ending. the overall, it's beautiful. Yeah. Great symbolism. Great it's shots. It's kind of, like, a, 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 like, female version of Call Me By Your Name, almost. Like, yeah. Just, like, a love story, like, kind of coming of age. Yeah. Very Big good. Big woman power. Big woman energy. 
All right, so lastly, we have our our two musicals that we watched this quarantine of probably many. Yeah. Company and Hamilton. So Hamilton, you already know. We don't... What else can we put on the table that you don't already know about Hamilton? Everyone loves Hamilton. Everyone knows Hamilton. It was great. It was was super long, sometimes boring. That's how musicals are. It's history. But the music, the acting, the whole thing, so good, so revolutionary. I cried so much as you should I cried so much and my mom fell asleep watching it with me (laughs) and I'm just crying it is a three hour (laughs) it's an experience yeah it is I feel like Hamilton really it's it's almost become basic in like mainstream city like Hamilton but like there's a reason so many people like it yeah it's it's iconic it's for all ages it's so iconic and then lastly, company. Yep. So this is probably I know I said Middle Edition Shorts is the best thing I watched, but I think Company was the most influential thing I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like classic Broadway. Yeah. It's your classic Broadway show from the sixties or seventies, just like it just changed my life. I just thought it was so good. So Company is about this guy on his thirty fifth birthday and his friends who are all in couples. Uh, throw like a surprise party for him and so you kind of see how he feels about love and relationships because he's single ish yeah and then how he shows that with his couple friends and how they kind of teach him what love is and what love isn't and it's just so good so company the only way people know it really is if you watched uh marriage story last year oh Um, right adam driver sings the finale of company being alive um near the end of Marriage Story. It's like that awkward moment when he sings yeah. and everyone's like, what's going on? A lot on? of people think it's an original song that they wrote for Marriage Story, which I think yeah, is interesting. Yeah, it's not. It's from Company. Yeah, it's simply not. <laughs> and, oh, God. And just once you understand it and then you compare it back to Marriage Story, you're like, wow. It just makes so much sense. It really does. I feel like Marriage or um, Company is, it's very, it's a very fluid musical almost. Like the fact that they switch out Bobby as like the protagonist is either female or male. Yeah, it's like, it's definitely, it's not like, I mean, it's definitely character driven. Right. But it's like, you know, it's it's sort of like an insert. You know, you can insert yourself into any of the characters depending on where you are in terms of romance and just like, um... Yeah, so it, it, you you could just, like, put yourself in there yeah. and be like, all right, this is it. This right. is me. I can't be articulate about this. I love company so much. Thank you. It's almost because it's, like, you know, you have that whole aspect of, like, the different couples so you can see yourself in them. Yeah. It's really nice. So that was our little that was our little Flick Chicks moment. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. hope you guys missed us over quarantine. Um, get ready because... It's going to be a good season for Flick Chicks. It's going to be lots of new stuff. And tune in next week for when we discuss the elusive femme fatale. We'll be here Friday at 2.30. We're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a good night. Take it away, Frankie.